After weeks of lockdown across the world, countries are starting to open up and get back to business. Sort of. The production world for sure is finding its feet, and loads of us can't financially shoulder being out of work anymore. When managing a set can feel like running a small village, we naturally have a million and five concerns racing through our heads about executing a successful and most of all safe shoot with coronavirus in our midst. So today, how many producers does it take to get back to work post-lockdown? Returning back to set for me is really exciting, really, to be honest. I can't wait until I go back to work. I'll wear an astronaut suit if I have to. It feels like there's a whole new world that I'm not sure I'm ready to explore yet. We've kind of looked at a new way of working. Put together safe production policies, which go from script development right through to post. Filming post-lockdown, I'm meant to be going to the US, and I feel pretty concerned. I'm not sure if we're going to be allowed into the country. I think shoots will be a little bit slower, because you'll have to allow for certain safety procedures to take place that normally perhaps you wouldn't have historically. Without coronavirus, we wouldn't have seen the industry come together in a way that I've never seen before. On Sunday, 10th of May, Prime Minister Boris Johnson made an announcement about the next phase of lockdown. We now need to stress that anyone who can't work from home should be actively encouraged to go to work. And we want it to be safe for you because we must and will maintain social distancing. This means that we can go back to shooting with crews and locations again which is great news for our industry, but with hundreds of COVID deaths still happening every week, there's a real mixed feeling about whether it's possible to go back safely. I'm anxious for shoots and what they're going to look like. 90% of the stuff that we shoot is fashion. How bloody hell do we get back to doing what we're doing? It's a really tricky situation. There is no production insurance coverage for COVID, and the government's guidance is basically keep a two-meter distance, don't use public transport, and wash your hands a lot which, as we know, can be hard to do on a shoot. We spoke to Steve Davies from the Advertising Producers Association, who has worked for weeks with heads of department and producers to draft guidelines for commercial production, which starts with minimizing the number of people on set. In terms of planning the production, you would look at how am I going to plan the production so I can use the fewest possible people? How can I keep them apart? How can I minimize risks generally? Every aspect of production, there'll be some small or, or large change, which, you know, from what, what you're used to. Paul Greaves from First Option Safety has consulted on COVID guidelines for the UK TV, drama and advertising sectors. While they may alter as we learn more about the virus, they essentially break down to four main areas, health monitoring, hygiene, cleaning and social distancing. The key requirements are really uh, firstly around some form of health screening. You might be asked to sign a declaration or complete a declaration that says, I don't have symptoms, I'm not, I haven't been in contact with people with symptoms. If I do get symptoms, I will declare them and there'll be action taken. Some productions may want to do temperature testing. Virus and antibody testing are expensive options also being considered here, though the science around antibodies is not fully proven yet. The next two things are the ones that everybody's very familiar with, which are hygiene, but not just, you know, the washing, hand washing and sanitizing, but, you know, what do you do about equipment? What do you do about spaces? What do you do about studio sets? How do you keep all that clean, you know, washing facilities, toilets, rest areas, catering facilities. And of course, there are hotspots in productions, toilets and places where people gather and, as I say, that kind of thing that need to be properly hygienic and um, regularly cleaned. I think you are going to need cleaning staff, probably a bit more than you might have had normally. Most locations will require a deep clean before and after the shoot. 
He also says that we should ensure our suppliers like kit houses and taxi hire have COVID cleaning policies in place. Also, catering and coffee areas are discouraged as they are too difficult to keep hygienic. Now, the big one, social distancing. It touches on every department and will have a real impact on scheduling, geography, and the movement on set. That's everything from making sure the space that you're using is big enough to accommodate the number of people. We've produced a ready rule that says, you know, each person needs four meters square of space. And then the other element of that is how to organize the production so that you can make sure that the fewest number of people are on set, if you like, or in any one place at any one time. You obviously do your construction phase if you're building sets. You do that separately, those people go away, then the art department come in and they go away, and then the lighting department comes in and then they go away and so on and so forth. And then how you organize those people so that they can work and keep two meters apart. If you go and see what they've done at studios around the place, they have one-way systems, they have Stairs where you can only go up one one or down. There's doorways where one's in, one's out. And that has the other advantage, which is that you're trying to compartmentalise, you like, or cohorting or put into bubbles the people who are on the production so that if one person gets sick, you don't have to isolate everybody else. That's a big piece of work to work out how you can do these things and keep distance. Other ways to keep people distanced include remote shooting, staggering call times, clients reviewing remotely, more monitors, designated spaces for each cohort, and taping off adjacent toilets and sinks, just to name a few. When shooting during COVID-19, however, social distancing and location choice go hand in hand. The risk of transmission is much, much lower if filming outside and higher indoors. The knowledge and the evidence is that the place you catch this virus is in crowded rooms over long periods of time with people talking to each other. So the key thing that we're saying is don't create overcrowded, unventilated spaces where people are there for protracted periods. To be honest, even with social distancing, you want to try and avoid that. So making sure that if you are on location and you're using buildings or you're using facilities, that they are big enough to accommodate people, that you can ventilate them. With functions where you can't socially distance, for example, makeup, rigging, or obviously on-screen action, Paul says minimize risk by first figuring out if it can be done differently. If not, then use minimal people and protective kit to do it. Keep it below 15 minutes and work back to back or side on. If you take, for instance, makeup, for a start, you're going to need to have the chairs further apart. Of course, there's things you can do, like try to get people to do their own makeup if they, if they can. If you need a makeup artist to do makeup, if you give that person the right PPE, mask, visor, and obviously the, their equipment, their brushes and their, their makeup and all the rest of it is properly controlled and you minimize the amount of time then you're, you're controlling the risk. For on-screen action, they suggest workarounds like using two people from the same home or, if budget allows, isolating cast together. But it is going to be a difficult thing for a while. And what if the worst happens? If someone gets sick on set, what do we do? Do we shut the whole thing down? Steve from the APA doesn't seem to think so. If somebody gets sick on set, they have to be sent home. The question is, who else has to be sent home? Uh, and the conclusion we've come to is that anybody they come into, they've been in direct contact with, and the people they've been socially distanced from, don't have to be. For some people, 
replacing them and then being sent home would be much less problematic than others. This is a really complicated challenge that will need consultation with your EPs and maybe clients if it does happen. Hopefully developments in testing will help this. There's some debate about the need for an extra health and safety COVID officer on the production. Many feel in this transition period it should be required, but of course, that depends on the size of your shoe. The producer ultimately has a responsibility for uh, providing a, a safe set and safe work, but they can delegate some of those uh, obligations. So each person is going to have their own responsibility for making sure they comply with the guidelines. And one person or persons is going to have some other responsibilities like putting out the PPE and putting out the sanitizer. First Option provides COVID training to teams, can review risk assessments, and has safety officers you can bring onto your production. I think there is going to be a requirement, at least initially, for that resource. So we would look at the plans, go on the recce's, look at the location of the set, the studio, whatever, and draw up the, the risk assessment and the measures that were appropriate, and then help the production implement those and monitor that they're being done, brief people about it, you know, all that kind of stuff. We haven't even touched on half the recommendations out there, but do check the guidelines posted on First Option and the APA's websites. While it may seem an impossible task, there are lots of producers ready and cautiously jumping back into the production saddle, but it will be a long time before things go back to the way they were a mere 12 weeks ago. Last week was a really good test. There was two people on the shoot, so we're really pulling back to skeletal crews. We just had one producer that was kind of running the shoot that was also now the COVID-19 health and safety officer, and they traveled there in a sensible way. And there was PPE on set, there were things like hand sanitizers and gels half of the stuff was filmed outside and half of the stuff was filmed inside and that was kind of a successful shoot the reality is there are still lots of people dying per day from covid19 and despite all best efforts for some this may feel really premature and uncomfortable and it is totally fine if you don't want to go back to work yet though with things as tough as they are some won't have a choice but if we are getting back to shooting we all as a community must take the utmost care to stop the disease from spreading. No half measures. We all have a role to play, but right now we'll just have to wait and see. While the UK is just starting to navigate our return to filming, some countries have been out of lockdown for weeks. Our colleague Michaela Blitz speaks to producers around the globe shooting and negotiating this strange new world. China was the country at the centre of the COVID-19 pandemic and the first to go into full lockdown. Having successfully flattened the COVID curve by mid-March, things started opening up again. But with their borders still close to foreigners, this means that for many working in production, it's still not quite business as usual. I basically think for this year, the foreign side of projects is not going to come through. Quite a lot of our uh, income coming from the foreign agency and foreign production companies. So with the COVID situation going on, that we, we don't have any foreign projects anymore because no foreigners can enter. My name is Jack and I'm from Alchemist Films, a group of fixers and producers that helping foreign clients to shoot and produce video content in China. We've been reaching out to a lot of Shanghai-based and Beijing-based ad agencies and we're trying to be their suppliers. We, with the situation going on, we, we're probably going to shift 100% of our focus to domestic. Not that we want to do it, but it's just that there's no job from the foreign side. 
Jack's also been looking at other ways to drum up business. I had this idea of that、uh, we go to、uh, job hunting sites and look for. Whatever company that's hiring people, <laughs> and、uh, we email those company and uh, uh, see if we can be their video、uh, production suppliers. If they are still hiring, it means they are you know still living, right? They're not bankrupted. Michael McDermott is the founder of Gung Ho Films, one of the leading production services companies in China and Hong Kong. He collaborates with many TV and film companies from around the world. And the current situation has meant he's had to find new ways of working with clients. Currently, I am stuck in Los Angeles because China has closed the doors to foreigners at the moment. So now we have to do projects mainly our, with our foreign clients. We do them by live streaming remote, which has worked out. Technology is pretty good because there's no international people coming. The budgets are a lot smaller. And in fact, in some cases, we've been asked to give cast members cell phones and record themselves. So, in that sense, there's not even any crews. Though the threat of COVID-19 is now much lower in China, there are still some regulations in place when it comes to production. I believe at the moment they have maximum of 50 crew members can be in one place, and of course, people are wearing masks on the crew. But、uh, in general, you know, you have to kind of be smart. Make sure things are sanitized. Make sure that people are wearing masks and、um, sort of self-patrolling. Many things in place that the government put in place that we continue into the production, and that's things like having your temperature tested all the time and、uh, showing you're healthy. And the way you show you're healthy is through an app on your phone. It's color coded. You're healthy. You have a green color. Then you will be welcomed onto a set. Further afield in Australia, COVID-19 is much less of a threat. With only around a hundred recorded deaths across the whole country, there seems to be a more relaxed attitude. Danny Brunstein, producer and director, has lived and worked in London for the past twelve years. He'd been planning to move back to Melbourne later this year, but the current situation meant that his plans changed pretty quickly. Everything just started kicking off, and in a three-week period, all my work. Kind of got cancelled or postponed or thrown in the bin, and and then the Australian government made this announcement: if you're living abroad and you want to come home, you you better come home this week. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll take you up on that. So I jumped in a plane and I kind of packed everything up, packed my flat up. It was all a bit of a whirlwind. Now that production started up again in Australia, Danny has seen firsthand the reality of what this looks like. I was on a shoot yesterday. There was. A lot of protocol in place. There were masks that were provided. There was hand sanitizer everywhere. What I noticed was, as soon as you're in a big group again, when everyone starts chatting and becomes comfortable, a lot of the protocol just gets dropped. To be completely honest, people are very good at the 1.5 meters thing or keeping a bit of distance. That's something we seem to be nicely programmed to be able to do now. But masks and gloves and things like that seem a, a sort of another step, particularly in that kind of tactile or, you know, just that environment that we all operate in, which which is communicating constantly and closely and honestly, and and so no one was wearing a mask. Another reality of COVID nineteen on production is the financial impact, which has hit everybody pretty hard. 
In China, sadly, there's not much support for individual or freelance or small companies.、Uh, there is some tax break,、uh, but but if you don't got projects, you you know you don't have income, you don't pay tax anyways. So we don't have any subsidies. Only very huge company or government-owned company will get these kind of reliefs. One thing I've noticed: people are very open to a chat right now, and they're very open to a deal right now, and they're very open to doing things that they might normally have sort of thought, "Well, no, hang on, we need five people for that." Or basically, people are desperate for work. There's no doubt about it. Even though. The country's successfully dealt with the the health crisis. The economic crisis is is still there. As production gradually starts up again across the world, the way we do things will be quite different. And Michael feels that a change in outlook could actually be a good thing. I do think that、uh, that there will be new and more innovative ways that people create content. It could be that content. Is really new and exciting because it comes from an iPhone era. It comes from somebody who is first person narrating a story by by themselves, without a producer, without a director present. I think that、uh, that this virus has really led to people changing their way of thinking. Indeed, COVID nineteen has changed the way production people think. Even driving some of us out of the game altogether. A recent poll in Broadcast Magazine said 50% of us were thinking about leaving the industry amongst all the uncertainty. We speak to two people acting on it. My name's Lauren. I've worked in production for the last 12 years, most recently as a freelance producer in commercials. At the very beginning of lockdown, when production had completely stopped, I, like everybody else, was really concerned about my financial security. As a director of a limited company, it was very clear that the government weren't going to offer anywhere near the same level of income support, if any, as those who work for big business. My name is Philip Javins, and I'm a producer working in documentary and branded content. So just before the lockdown, I wasn't working for three months because it was, you know, it was、uh, it was just difficult to find new work. But within those three months,、um, I just decided it was not worth it anymore. I think it was probably from a a, a financial、um, perspective, really, that I thought I should be doing something.、Um, and I guess the only jobs really that were available at that time were supermarkets. Um, and care work. I felt that in, you know the security isn't there. There's no there's no safety net really. I've increasingly wanted security and having some money in the bank. And so I'm looking at to do an MBA as a Plan B,、um, which I'm studying for for an entrance exam. I've always had an interest in social care. I didn't really know that much about what a carer does. Um, in detail, and I think you have that attitude in production, don't you? You're like, right, what's the hurdle?、Um, what do I have to get over? Okay, we can do this. We can, you know, drag everyone over it, and it'll be fine.、Um, but I think I kind of had that attitude to the care care role. I was like, right, okay, what's the task? What's the action? Let's just get it done.、Um, and I was quite shocked um, at. Um, You know just how emotionally draining、um, it was. It's just before six a.m. and the alarm's gone off a few times. 
bit like getting up for a shoot, except you're going to see lots of elderly people. <laughs> you could do a whole gambit of things with an MBA. It will allow me to say, go for instance, within the scripted side of things of, um, and, and working with uh, financiers and, and how they you know, fund TV dramas or feature films. Um, but another route with an MBA is I could go down and work for a non-profit or government body. I feel like it's a very positive move in terms of development. Some elements of the care role are probably easier than production in the sense that um, I, don't, I don't now feel financially overwhelmed of responsibility of a large budget that you're managing um, or the politics of clients or working with real people in a documentary and you know portraying them in the right way that element of it um, it's easier in that sense I guess there's um, less of that responsibility um, but then there's also more responsibility in some ways because it feels like the fragility of a person's life is in your hands. I just finished my shift and um, I find sometimes you meet characters that just really are in need of company and love and um, it's really humbling. Um, so I've got this very tender, soft um, feeling um, but I think if there is a reason to do this job, it's probably the way I'm feeling right now. I've come to a decision where I want to advance myself and I want security. I've had dipped in and out of work many times and I, I just became very, very tired. The, the inconsistency was not worth the risk to mental health. And with COVID-19 going on, it, it's only shown the, the, the potholes and the flaws that I've seen many, many times in the industry, but it's, it's just exposed it on a greater level. At the moment, I'm doing about between 20 and 30 hours a week. Um, I don't mentally feel like I can do more than that. And that's probably not enough, really, for London rent to be able to sustain yourself. I've, I've had a lot of really interesting experiences working you know, on a variety of different projects. Uh, but I come to believe that you can always have your side hustle. You can always be active in your creativity. So for me, I'm always writing. I write scripts and, you know, I can always take that with me. Um, even going back to production now, I think I'll still continue to do the care work. Um, but maybe just do a couple of evenings and maybe one day on a weekend if I feel that I have enough capacity. I think A, because production doesn't feel like it's going to be reliable enough. Um, and B, I think it's um, for now anyway, it feels like a good thing to do to just kind of keep, keep my finger on reality. The last couple of days were um, tricky. Um, I felt myself being kind of pulled into um, a darker sort of place mentally, lots of anxiety, lots of worry about money, lots of worrying about the future of production um, and, you know, whether there really is sort of work to go back to, um, you know, anywhere near like, like there used to be. Um, of course, it's gonna be a different, a different production world. Um, and just the reality of um, doing this job in the meantime is a stopgap.
I've come out with a new sense of self-esteem where I know I can do anything that I put my mind to. The job definition that you have does not define who you are. It's the action and how you want to move forward in life. And in my case, I want to, re- I want to get better. I want to go into new things. And this industry definitely pushes you and pushes you and pushes you. And I believe that people find that strength and come out better for it. There is such positivity in, in knowing that you do have these you know, skill set to, 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 to think in your feet in a hard working environment, to, to change a thought into a project that's moving forward. I think my frame of reality and my frame of perspective in life is healthy, but I do miss, you know, not knowing what the next project's going to be. Where am I going? Who am I filming? What's the topic? Like, I really miss that side of it. Whereas now it's, you know, everything's very much a, um, a known quantity. It might, it's my personal belief that a, a, a body, a new body, a union, whatever you like to call it, will come out. And that our community will come together and we will say, you know, no, we're going to, we're going to, we want more security. We want better pay or you know rates of pay we want we want uh we want that safety net that we deserve and i th- hope things will be better for people that are coming into this industry yeah definitely i will have a continued interest in care and healthcare, um but i would love to be able to work in production um at the same time but having said that um you know we don't know what sort of production world we're going back to Um, at the moment I think until we find a way of working um, that feels normal um, that risk just feels quite high so it's whether or not you know you want to continue working in production. There is so much to process as we get back to working again but what we do know is that we have a tricky few months and perhaps even years ahead as things creep back to a sense of normalcy. But we are a resilient and creative thinking bunch, and we will make this work. In our next episode, we open the floor to you and putting your burning questions about going back to set during COVID to industry leaders. Please shoot any questions you have to us at howmanyproducers at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at howmanyproducers or on Twitter at howmanyproducer. Our team is Avrijal Sultan, Zoe Jones, Michaela Blitz, Dana Trometer, Lauren Havard, Rachel Jones, and me, Zakia Petty. Thanks for listening.